So we have we have a lot to get through, and I'd just like to thank my boys' school for hosting a pajama party today after school. I should say not during school time because it's given us a little bit more time. A onesie, a teddy bear, a hot chocolate, a film, and it means. I mean, we didn't have these things. Did you ever have a pajama party at school? No, but it sounds amazing. It's exactly. Do you know what? It's exactly how I'm feeling right now. I'm obviously delighted to do the pod and have a chat <laughs> with you, but I just, I just feel like pajamas. Do you know what? I think a lot of it's to do with the weather. It's been pretty Ugh. stormy, blustery, cold, Miserable. horrible. And I Miserable. just look outside and I just think, I just want to have a pajamas on, blanket, hot chocolate. Be great. Oh, I. It'd be her- I went for my run today, and where I run, it's not a lot of protection from the wind, but normally, you know, you battle it one way, and it pushes you back the other way. No, but that never happens to me. I don't understand. No. It's always against me. Even though I'm running around like a, oh. a park in a circle, I never have it behind me, I swear. Okay, that, okay that's weird, because I was going to say, <laughs> today, it was coming in sideways. So, on one way, I was being blown to the left. On the other way, I was being blown to the right. And it was awful. It, it was It was awful. Um, but I got that done. Yeah, no, the weather's been miserable. We just need to be in your pyjamas having hot chocolate. But what it's done is it's given me a little bit more time because I really wanted to, before we spoke, in the UK, the first episodes of Breakpoint, the Netflix docuseries, <gasps> is out. We've been excited. We've been excited. We were at tournaments last year where the cameras were there. I remember sort of at the Australian Open last year, ducking into rooms when a player was walking they're being followed by netflix you know it's kind of get out of the way (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a big crew wasn't it yeah and it's like dark and then you could see who they were following even before they announced it because i remember i remember sitting sitting courtside and suddenly you'd see this sort of on i think it was sabalenka and her, it was in, in New York and her posse come out and then a big camera crew. And then so you and there was Francis Tiafo. So you could see all the players that they were they were following. And I'd I'd seen all the trailers. I've read the reviews and I've spoken to a lot of people about it. And the 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 general review was it was a little bit underwhelming. And there is so much drama on the tennis tour. And and has it really captured what we're seeing and as I said, I haven't watched all of it. I, I sort of ducked into it. And it, on initial viewings, I agree. But then I had to suddenly think, it's not for us, is it? Netflix don't want to bring us into tennis because we're into tennis. This is this is about bringing new people into tennis. And the question is, has it done enough? And will it do enough to bring new people into tennis? Well, yeah, it's it's not been made for us at all. Uh, we're already in tennis. We're already fans. And so are all of our <laughs> tennis listeners. Um so it, it's it's not there to please us. It's all sort of like, you know, even when we commentate, sometimes because we are all Tennessee people when we're working, you do get quite wrapped up in things. Like even I remember last year was the first year that I think we sat around. I think you were part of this conversation at BBC when it was at Wimbledon because we lost the ranking points. And we all thought that it was this big, dramatic thing. Like, what's the effect going to be on Wimbledon? And and I was like, I think it's going to be the same, but I can't be sure. <laughs> um, and then actually, you realise that like no one of the regular um, people watching Wimbledon, which in the UK is almost everyone, who they don't watch tennis the rest of the year, no one cares, actually, whether Emma Raducanu is ranked number 10 in the world or 75 where she is now. They only care whether she's in the tournament and can she win it. That's yeah. that's yeah. all they care about. They have no idea about seedings and form and all of this sort of stuff. So I do think we put too much weight on that stuff, and it is really difficult, I think, to step back. But 
this is supposed to bring in a new audience and it will be judged on that, whether it does or it doesn't. You can see very, very clearly with their original series, Drive to Survive, in Formula One, how huge the impact has been. It has increased younger audiences, I mean, exceptionally, particularly in the States, where I think now they're going to end up having possibly three Grand Prix out there um, because we've got Miami, of course, where the tennis is. They now have a, the Grand Prix track around it. And it's been hugely successful at pulling people into the sport that wouldn't have been in the sport um and that's what the job is of this documentary really that is what the expectations are of the sport this is what Wimbledon and US Open that's what they expect they expect to have a boosted bigger potentially younger audience than than we have currently Uh, and I get it because you know the, the first few shots you briefly see a shot of you know, Nadal, Federer, Serena Williams, Djokovic. And Djokovic will obviously feature more because he's still very active, as is Nadal. But really, it was heavy on Felix Ogieliasim and Mattia Berrettini and Maria Sakkari and, and Taylor Fritz and Nick Kyrgios. You know, Nick Kyrgios. And I think that's the other thing. For me, last year, it was the Djokovic story. For me, last year, it was everything that happened. But that, you know, that's not... that almost should be the, the opener of the headline. But then again, I have to remember, it's almost... Especially the first, it's an explainer. It's an explainer to people who don't know tennis where the Grand Slams sit and what they're all about and, and how it works. So I think I think that's that's the, the different or the difficult. It feels quite sanitized. But, but I understand, again, it's entertainment and it's bringing if this can bring the new generation through, that's the main thing. But it, it's quite it's quite hard to kind of review it and analyze it because, you know, this time last year, it was all about Djokovic. What was happening him leaving, getting deported, everything going on. But, you know, is there a conflict there with, are they having to be careful with the players because they, they wouldn't want to offend them because they want to keep them involved? Is there that conflict there of... But as you say, if if, if what they're wanting to do is attract an audience to an entertainment programme, it will likely do the trick. You know, you've got Curious, you've got the bad boy of you tennis, you've got videos of him as a nine-year-old and we've already seen shots of him with his girlfriend and... And the guy is box office. So for for what they want to achieve, and as I say, I'm, I'm not enough into it. Maybe the, the next time we speak, I'll, I'll have got through it, all the ones they've released. But I think that would be my early thing, that I have to separate from the fact that we work in it to the audience that they're marketing it for. Yeah, I mean, they're following the same formula that they did with Drive to Survive, which I can completely understand. So at the, the, the very first series of Drive to Survive, did you see it? No, I haven't seen Drive to Survive. So I've watched most of it. I don't think I watched the most recent one. Um, And I watched half of it, actually. Um, But they changed it because of the drama at the top. And for me, it didn't work as well. So the first series was very much following the the mid-table. It was just following the mid-teams, the low teams, because it was Lewis Hamilton won everything. And at the end of each episode, they were were at a particular race. At the end of each episode, it was just, oh, and Lewis Hamilton won the race. As (laughs) As in... he didn't feature at all. He wasn't on it. Like, like there was no access to the Mercedes team. It was all about the drama that was happening lower down. And that was really fascinating because it's stuff that you sort of ignore because, you're, you know, as a, as a general viewer, you're so results-based. You watch the race. You see that Lewis wins by 75 laps. Well, not quite because that would be the whole race. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? And then what race. happened was is that they did a few series like that. They started including Mercedes and the, the top teams, um, you know, uh, but they they weren't the big feature. There was a big feature on Red Bull because they were chasing. So there was a huge thing on that. But then um, 
then you obviously had the the most epic season of all time last year and no no not last year 2021 actually it's 2023 now um the, <laughs> a couple of years ago and uh, they had to cover it like they, they had to cover this battle between um lewis and it was max incredible yeah. and i mean it was absolutely extraordinary but they ended up sort of doing two episodes per race so they had the original episode that they would have done if it you know they would have they were probably doing charles leclerc in monaco because that's that's where he's from um or whatever it is and then they so that was one episode and then they also did an episode on they went back to monaco <laughs> which was max versus lewis because they had to cover that epic story so anyway and it all got to me very confusing so I don't know I think it's difficult isn't it because if it was the case that Djokovic was doing what he was doing a few years ago and just sort of winning everything then yeah you can sort of ignore that it's like everyone knows that he wins everything and Serena's just winning everything whatever like let's have a look at the lower table but the fact that there was so much drama at the top with Nadal getting 21 and pushing ahead in the race for the the majors you know Djokovic <laughs> all of the drama he could have his own series I think maybe he should do his own <laughs> series on last year then yeah that that becomes difficult because you know it's all very well talking about Matteo Berrettini but actually all of the drama all of the focus and all, everything that we want to know about is about the other stories but I don't know maybe people don't know about it I think what will make you smile and made me smile is a lot of our friends and colleagues feature. So again, I'm only a little way in and already Courtney Nguyen, good friend of ours, is playing a prominent role. She's in vision. She's talking a little bit about the tour. So that made me smile to see Courtney and she's she's fabulous. So she's on there. And you hear a lot of the commentary. So there's a bit of Robbie Koenig, a bit of Nick Lester I picked up. So it's really nice. You hear snaps of uh, snippets of commentary and and Pat Casho did a show with last night. He's doing a lot of the continuity links. So that's really nice that a lot of people they speak to, we know, we work with. So it was kind of like, oh, oh, great. Oh, yeah. So I think there's going to be a lot of that in it. So yeah. I think I'm going to enjoy you that. Know, the whole approach is, is similar. Like I've been working this week on um, the TV series, not the movie, the TV series that I'm working <laughs> on. And it's it's very much the same thing is that we are not ma- I'm, I'm, we're not making this TV series for you or for players or for anyone in the sport we're making this for a general audience we don't want to upset people in the sport we want it to be realistic that's why I'm on board otherwise they would just do what on earth they wanted and it would look ridiculous <laughs> so I am there to try and make it look realistic but a lot of the time you know things I'll say they'll go yeah you know it's a tv show no one knows so you know even like yeah. Yeah. um you know where we film um the practice courts that are supposed to be the you know the main grass court grand slam we all know what that is the practice courts there when we were looking at locations they were like nobody knows what the practice courts look like we don't need to make them look like like they just need to look like they could be and it's fine um and you know i've been i was working with the uh, vfx team because uh, they're putting the ball in uh now and doing all of the visuals uh, and oh, all the crowd and everything and uh, trying to make sure that it's right and it's so difficult because you're going frame by frame and knowing you know i can see all the details but it's knowing which details matter and which yeah. don't um that's that's the really hard bit because certain things matter to me <laughs> and i'm in there giving them all a technical lesson on stuff <laughs> and uh yeah but it's just about what makes the, the sort of the overall impact um and there's going to be plenty of stuff in there that you would watch and you would go whoa okay (laughs) that's not right (laughs) 
and everybody who's been involved in the world of tennis would say like oh that's not how it happens that we don't do stuff like that um you know and uh yeah that's it's that's, entertainment it's, it's that's it exactly that's not it, what they're going for otherwise it, it would be a documentary i can't wait for your movie slash tv series to come out and the other thing i've got to remember to call it break point not point break remember that movie did it have yeah. Keanu Reeves in point break were they surfing yeah, they does yeah. this feel like because someone said to me last night someone said I keep thinking it's point break I'm like don't put that in my head it's not point break it's break point so um, it'll be interesting yeah. our listeners who have watched it going to watch it give some thoughts what what they think about it I think that'll be but I said I'm going to enjoy seeing all our friends and colleagues who pop up I think that's going to be and I I will I will watch it. I'm looking forward to it and obviously it centers around the start of the year Melbourne Australia everyone's happy we are a few days away from that starting again so where do we start do you want to start with a men's or do you want to start with a women's oh let's start with the women's I think okay. Because it's just that little bit... It's hilarious, isn't it? You say it's more open, but you've got Svantec, obviously number one in the world by a country mile. The sort of things we haven't seen since yeah. Djokovic or Serena being uh, number one by by so far. So maybe it isn't the more open... It feels the more open, but maybe it isn't the more open. If, I yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. It feels the more open. Would I put my house and family on her winning it as I would do Djokovic? Which still is still... A, there's still a risk element in there. No, but then I can't find a reason why I wouldn't. It, it's uh, yeah, I don't but then know. if you think back to the U.S. Open, that was that was probably the first time where we were all like, yeah, the women's is much more straightforward. As in, Sviontek's going to win this unless she completely messes it up. And I'm not as convinced here. I'm not as no. That, that... It's because it's the beginning of the season. And we're not quite sure. And she had a, a bit of a wobble at United Cup, didn't she? It was two and two yeah. to Pagula. I don't think she's lost two and two to anyone in years. Yeah, and I just. It has, uh, the one thing to say is the only two former champions, Australian Open champions in the draw are facing each other. I mean, how's your luck? Azarenka yeah. against Kenin. <laughs> That's, they're the only two former champions and they've popped up again. So should we, should we do, should we go top to bottom? Of the yeah, draw? Do just it, say, break, just on that, because you mentioned that particular match that Kenin, yep. she's back winning matches. How, I'm so happy. There you know you we're a fan. We're, she's, Absolutely. She's a favourite of this podcast. I know the, uh, I, I don't mind the attitude. I, I I like a bit of the attitude of Kenin. I like how she plays. Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a fan. I'm really happy she's back. And oh, I mean, of, of course we 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 know we just want her back. We want her back playing. It's been difficult to see her competing so and losing. Um, and she and you talk about rebuilding from the start. You know, she she really is. But she is a tenacious character. So um, <laughs> she, I don't know if she, she can win that match, but. You know, she, she's back, she's winning. She, she's been able to shake hands at the net with a win, which uh, when you can't get one for such a long time is uh, a big deal. Now, she's in the second quarter, so we'll come back to that. We're gonna, so let's do the first quarter and just sort of, I don't know, highlights. Of the, so Iga Svantec obviously headlines that the top quarter of the draw and just to chuck out some names at you now. Bianca Andreescu's in there. Rebakin is in there. Collins, Daniel Collins in there, Badosa's in there, Ostapenko, Yastremska, Emma Raducanu is in there, and Coco Goff. I mean, that's that's a nice that's a nice chunky little section. It is, you know, but I mean, because we were texting about this uh, when the draw came out, and you sent me sort of all, all of those names from that section, and I was like, none of them are really playing very well, to be honest. I mean, they're obviously all threats in terms of what they can achieve, but I think uh, I'm talking apart from Sviontek. We're talking about this is Sviontek's quarter. Yeah. Like, what is yeah. the threat? 
I mean, Danielle Collins, of course. I think she's a threat and she really is a grand sound player, isn't she? She plays so, so well. Um, but, you know, look, Rebakan is not playing well. Andrescu's still working her way back. Raducanu's got that ankle injury and hasn't really been in the sort of form for over a year now that you would think might threaten a Sviontek, for example. Um, but Dossa's been pretty pretty patchy. Be uh, interesting to see. Um, but I think really, so the only two threats there, Coco Goff and Daniel Collins, the two Americans for me in that section for Sviontek. Oh, but, but to be fair, as first rounds go, that's pretty tough against Niemeyer. That's that's not easy for Sviontek. She's going to have to be on it, which she will be. Emma Raducanu reports coming out of Melbourne Park are that she is hitting the ball well. She looks steady on the ankle. It is strapped. But I, I guess... I guess as a player, this is a tough one. It's the start of the year. You want to be fit and ready. You want to play, but it's but you don't want to jeopardise longer time out on the sidelines by playing and doing more damage. And I wonder, I don't know how your ankles were through your career, but I imagine it's it's having the confidence with your movement if there's any problem with the ankle. Yeah, there's been no reports of her doing any out wide shots and really slamming the brakes on, which is... Um, obviously the the biggest problem um, it's all very well sort of you know taking a couple of steps and striking but it's very different when you are absolutely throwing all your body weight through that joint the impact is huge um, do you know what it also it comes down to personality as well like if this was Simona Halep I know she's not playing um, but if it was Simona Halep with the injury I'd be like ah, she'll play and she will Tries. She might even win the tournament. She'll she'll try as hard as she can. She tends to play through injuries. She tends to play through yeah. pain quite a lot. And yeah, but with Emma, as we know historically, if she's not fit, and whether that's eighty percent fit or fifty percent fit, whatever it is, if she is not a hundred percent fit, she tends to not play. She tends to pull out of the match midway or not start the match if she's not at 100%. Um, which you know, look, she's in a very different position to somebody like Simona Halep in terms of time periods in their um careers so i'm sure she's trying to look after her body a bit more i'm not it's not a criticism at all i'm just saying that i would expect that if emma is not 100 percent, she's probably not going to play or she'll pull out in the middle of it whereas if it was another player you would think well they'll battle through they might lose but they'll they'll give it a fair crack but that's if she's sort of 80 90 fit not quite 100 she could be way off that as i say she hasn't done any out wide shots that we've seen so i mean she could be quite far away but she's trying and it's knowing that it's not the end of the world as much as as much as you want to be there as much as you want to take part as the australian open if it's not quite right it's just saying you know what there's going to be more australian opens let's just get yourself sorted because there is as we know a long and sometimes never ending season on its way so we just have to keep an eye on Ostapenko Yastremska in that little quarter. That's going to be fun, isn't it? That's going to have attitude. Yeah, feisty. <laughs> and Coco Goff, I, I mean, wow. I, I still look, she's still only 18. I think it's just worth repeating that every now and then because I think we forget. And and last year, how well she did, how deep she went, especially the, the highlights at, at, at Roland Garros. And I think it's going to be, she won the title, didn't she, in Auckland? She came out on top. And, yeah. and I think the indoor event. And I think for me, Bianca Andreescu, I think I just have this romantic view of Andreescu of because I, I, I'm such a big fan of hers. And when she did what she did and she won the US Open, I know she's still not back there yet. And but I, I still think that I don't know, maybe unrealistically that she can go deep and she can 
I don't know, maybe she can. I know she's made changes with her coaching department, but I've always got a I've always got a soft spot, I think, for Andreescu. But Oh yeah. Look, when she's locked in, she is pretty much unplayable on hard. And it could happen. I, I can't see it happening now. If she could have a full season, she started to win a bit more, she's starting to settle down. If she could have a full season, I could see her maybe being back to her best by US Open. Um but and 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 really threatening there but you know we'll have to we'll have to see i think it's just steady as she goes if if she could uh you know win a few rounds she'll be very happy she's got buzkova which is not an easy one in the first no. round so second quarter the the top seed here is jessica pagula at three maria sakari at, at six is the other one from a british point of view we've got harriet dart there's two british women in the um Singles draw. Then we've got Victoria Zarenka, Sofia Kennan, Madison Keys was part of that victorious with Pagula United Cup USA team, and Petra Kvitova. So, what stands out? How are you feeling about the second quarter? Uh, well, yeah, it's uh, it very much feels like Pagula's, doesn't it? Just trying to figure out who can uh, possibly uh, take her out. Frivatova lurking in the second round, possibly. Brenda, the fifteen-year-old who came through qualifying for Vitova, um, and she is quite sensational. The Czechs, oh, another Czech. Um, I mean, that, that's a big statement to make about a fifteen-year-old. She's quite sensational. I mean, she is... she's 15, she just come through qualifying the Australian Open. She's fifteen, and it's Do not you... the junior event. <laughs> what? <laughs> From what you've seen of her, how ready is she? Do you feel? Oh, um, she's she's just uh, to be honest, she's a couple of years younger than her sister Linda, who's yep. already in the top hundred, um, who's seventeen. Um, but she feels about six months behind her in terms of level. Okay. So right. you know, six months ago, Linda started really really pushing on. So um, oh yeah, watch out for the Frivatovas. They're a joke. They're a joke. I tell you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We've we've also got um, Jill Teichman in there. She's now working with um, Andrew Battles, former right, yep. Svitolina coach. She faces Harriet Dart. Yep. We mentioned we're going to get rid of one of Azarenka Kenin early stages. Kvitova probably can Kenin. be fabulous or not. Keys has got a lot of confidence in there. I thought it was interesting that Igor Svantec's dad, Thomas, has said that he believes that his daughter's biggest rival, and this was before the United Cup, will be Jessica Pagula. Yeah, and uh, I can I can see that. I think Pagula's just so underestimated. But she's here as the third seed, and this is very much her quarter. Um, you know, so, I mean, the other top seed is uh, Zachary in this quarter, right? I think, if I'm reading yep. this draw correctly. I've got a bit of a funny version yep. of the draw. I'm struggling to... <laughs> To make it up, <laughs> I know sometimes it it can all blend into one, and it goes, where does one quarter end and what? But no, they are the they're the the top seeds, the top names in that second quarter. Yeah, I feel like as long as Pagula's on it, she's gonna she can come through that. I mean, look, obviously anyone can lose, anyone can play badly, but as long as she's playing well, then um, yeah, I can't really see who's gonna um, particularly challenge her there. I mean, yeah, you, you could have a big hitting keys on her day. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I expect Pagula to come through that. Down into the third quarter, the, the top seeds in this quarter are Caroline Garcia at four, 
We've got Derek Kasatkina at eight, but also in there we've got Kudamatova. I think she's ninth seed. We've got Fernandez and Corner, who actually play each other in the first round. So one of them's gone. And it's weird seeing Pliskova as the 30th seed. I know that it's not a sudden thing, but I still find it quite strange. It's a bit like Muguruza when she's not seeded or a low seed. I find that strange, but that's more sort of mm. the past. But Pliskova is in there. So this one feels, I think this, I feel this quarter feels a, a little bit more even than some of the others. Yeah, I think so. Do you know what it is? It's because the top two seeds in Garcia and Kazakina, they were sort of the, uh, I don't I don't know really how to describe it, the sensations of last year, the unexpected revivals of last yeah, year. That, no, that's good. Yes. That's Do you know what it, I mean? Yeah. As in, yeah. it was, I mean, both of them reaching the tour finals, Garcia winning the thing. I mean, absolutely bonkers. And I mean, Kazakina had a fabulous year. She's in the final already of Adelaide. Uh, today, as we record, I think um, she came through her semi two walkovers in the semi-finals today in Adelaide. Unfortunately, so that's a bit of a bummer for that tournament. Um, but she, yeah, so Kazakina and Garcia, they can play at a top ten level. We know that a top five level. We've seen it. We we saw it quite regularly last season, but we didn't see it that consistently from either of them last season. So they don't feel very reliable. They can also play like they're ranked 70 in the world. We've seen plenty of that from both of them. So that, I, I see what you mean where this feels like a bit more open. I wouldn't necessarily expect Garcia to come through. I wouldn't be surprised if she came through, but Garcia is a top seed here. I wouldn't expect her to. There are um, some threats lurking. I think, um, to be honest, any of these players, this this could be the one. As you say, Pliskova could come through. She's got the experience. But there's a bunch of players, I think, that really could uh, could cause an upset and uh, and come through this particular quarter. The bottom section is headlined by Anjouba, our second seed of world number two. Also in there, um, titleist already this year, this season, Arena Sabalenka. Garbina Muguruza, who is another one of those. I just always, again, I think it's sort of past memories, but I always put her in the mix or a mix. Belinda Bencic. Tough match against Mertens first round, though. Yeah, I mean, that, it's, yeah, yeah. that's rough. Wouldn't have liked that when that popped up. Belinda Bencic, who's doing well with Dmitry Tursunov added to the team. Beatrice Haddad Meyer, she was another one of those last year that made a few headlines. And Sloane Stevens. So, what's your. Um... What's your take on the fourth quarter? Is is it an obvious fourth quarter for you or again a little bit mixed as to who could come through? Yeah, it feels like uh, Ons is is definitely the favourite, of course. She's made a couple of finals now, so she's she she'll be thinking this is her year to uh, to take a title. You do have Linda Frivatova lurking. Um I'm telling <laughs> the you. Sisters, oh, the sisters. God. <laughs> the checks is unbelievable. It's for the not their production do. line is their, and especially their female production line is out of this world. I mean, Absolutely. It's, it's sensate. I just, I don't know what's in the water, what they feed them, what the secret is, what the plan is, but it's, it's amazing. Yeah, no, it is. It's uh, absolutely phenomenal, really. Um, but they just convert every single player. Anyone who's got any talent just becomes uh, a top 100 player and becomes a top 100 player very young as well. Um, so... Yeah, Whew. I don't know, as you say, Stevens, you've got in there, Haddad Meyer. Um, Benchich, I think Benchich, I, I can see her. Yeah. I can see this being a good year. Good year yeah, for Benchich. I, I agree, yeah, I could see Benchich, uh, Benchich doing well. I think she's she's looking fairly good to come through 
her section through second round, third round. Uh, Merton's always a threat mm. um, as well. Um, but yeah, again, it's sort of up to ons a little bit, isn't it? Sabalenka is just, just never quite sure, never quite sure what she's going to bring, but she could absolutely storm it. Do you want to make your women's winner prediction now or at the end after the men's? Uh, well, let's do predictions at the end. Okay, so at the end, end, end. It. at the end, yeah, I'm still not. <laughs> at the end of the tournament, a... after yeah. the finals. <laughs> I think one of the reasons, I mean, maybe you'll, you'll say this is wrong that you chose we went with the women's first because the men's, despite the talent flowing through it, it feels it feels a little bit more obvious. It feels it feels like Novak Djokovic is to lose as he goes for title number ten. I know we talk all of this about Rafa Nadal and what he's done at Roland Garros, but he's looking for 10 Australian Open titles. Yeah. What a surprise that he is the favourite. We have some really interesting first rounds. Um, But yeah, it's it's basically like, is he going to beat himself? Is he going to play badly? Um, I tell you what, though, really, at the very, very top of the draw is Rafael Nadal as the top seed because Carlos Alcaraz cannot play. Um, and he's playing Jack yep. Draper, and I mean, they've got to be sirens going off for that match. Upset alert! Jack Draper loves a big stage. He's one of the biggest informed players at the moment in terms of those rising up the ranks. He has been sensational. He will love to have this crack at Nadal, and a Nadal that is playing how we, we don't really know. To be honest, we we're going to have to find out in that first round, but. Boy, there is no easing into it for Nadal um, as the top seed, and he's going to have to be <laughs> on it. Can't wait for that. It's my favourite first round match. Can't wait. The draw's been, and I know people listen to this all across the world. But from a UK point of view, they're expecting that to be 4 a.m. Monday morning that that match comes out on court. Nadal Draper. So this, I mean, the perfect place to start because you've started at the very top of the draw and in that top quarter, and that is one of the standouts. So I think Draper's. His highest win by ranking was last year with Sitspass, wasn't it? He got a couple in the top 10, but Sitspass was his his top-ranked win, as it were. Yeah. Um, in that little chunk, Nadal, TFO, sixth seed, Hercats the 10th. You've also got Hashanov, who Draper beat recently after losing to him recently. Uh, Shapovalov, Korda and Medvedev. That is just in your first quarter. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a bit top heavy, isn't it? Really, I think Corda is going to be a threat without question, and of course we know Medvedev and what he can deliver. I expect Medvedev, especially looking at his draw, I expect him to sort of just work his way in and build. But that Medvedev Corda match, which would be third yeah. round, will be cracking. So I hope we get that. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, I hope we get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that. Okay, so Nadal Draper, would you? Who's coming through that one? Um, There's whis- whispers of an upset. You say sirens going off. Draper's informed. Nadal, we're not sure. Let me ask you just that one now. Who wins that match? Who wins it? Well, I mean, yeah. Come on. I don't know. I just think <laughs> that. I, I, my thinking is that Draper is going to play well. Like, I just know he's going to play well. I mean,. There is the teeniest, tiniest yep. chance that he would get overwhelmed by the situation, but he is just not that sort of character. And I just, like, he's going to play well, so then Nadal has to also play pretty well. Obviously, they have different levels, but Nadal can't 
play at 50% as he often has in the first round of a slam and still come through comfortably. I just He's not going to get away with it. You know, Draper's a lefty. He's a big hitter. His forehand has been on fire. Um, oh, I just think, you know, and also the fact that it's the first round, you've got quite a lot of prep time. So you've got a long time as, as Draper, as the young up-and-comer, to get your head around it, to visualise, to really absorb the tactics so that you know what you're doing. So all of those things, I think, do really, really help um, in terms of him going in in settled. Look, if Nadal turns up and plays well, Nadal wins. That, that's it. But it's so hard to tell in the first slam of the year what's going to happen. So I think that could be a long match. That's, what, that, that's my only prediction. It's a long match. Okay. Um, I'll let you off that. Second quarter... Headlined by Stefano Sitzbass, headlined because he's the top seed in this one. And the bottom chunk of this is Felix Ogieliasim at six. But also from a British point of view, interesting, this is the Norrie section. I think you've got to say that Norrie, well, for me, has been one of the players of, of the season so far. I know the season's been really short, but, you know, he's beaten Nadal. He's beaten Tiafo, is it, or Dimonor, and he's beaten Fritz. So he's got three, three big wins. So he faces Luca Van Asch, French wildcard. I think he won the French Open Juniors, Van Asch. Yannick Sinner's in their 15th seed. I think he's carrying a little bit of a, a hip problem. Now, he faces Kyle Edmund. He beat Kyle Edmund very recently. But, I mean, Edmund only he only returned to the Tour last July after 21 months out. So I think it's just nice seeing him, former semi-finalist in Australia there. But that's sort of, uh, looking at it just from a British point, from Norrie's point of view, I think that's I think that's quite a nice section to be in. Yeah, I think he's got a great chance here. Um, a little bit lower down, it gets trickier with you've got uh, Ojalia Seam and Vavrinka lurking. Um, yep. And I think, yeah, it would be great to get an Ojalia Seam Norrie. I think that would be fourth round. It looks like that's what it would be. Um, because I think both of them are playing at such a high level. I think it'd be a great match. And I think whoever would come through that would be looking very, very dangerous indeed. Um, and sit to pass. God, you know, I know it's his section, but you just never know with sit to pass. Oh, and can I say, seeing as we're talking about sit to pass, I will hold my hands up. Last time we talked about the word search and the player that you've picked and you've picked Massetti yes, from the word yes. search. And we've got loads oh, of people yes. messaging in, letting us know who they picked. And, and, and I, you know that I'm telling the truth because last time you were saying I was looking for a sits pass and I said, don't look for sits pass. That's a terrible idea. And what was the name that I first found <laughs> was sits pass. <laughs> yeah. So I'm stuck with him, I'm afraid. And I'm not particularly, I don't know why I'm not particularly thrilled about it. I'm a huge sits pass fan. I really am. I I really want him to do well. But in terms of, you know, reliability, it's... It, 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 it's the big matches, isn't it? That's the thing. Um, you know, I know he reached the final of the French. It's quite remarkable that he only has two Masters titles to his name, and that is Monte Carlo twice. It was a great effort to um, to back that up. But, you know, when he's been playing at that level for such a long time, he doesn't have other major titles to his name. Is um, Yeah, definitely is saying something, I think, about... About six past. But anyway, he's my pick for the tournament. So there we go. I'll well, I did. I did. the, And people can still find the word search search through the tennis Twitter feed. I did it again and I got Chorich and I was still looking for D's and it's not working. I found Chorich and I did it again and I found Fritz and then I stopped. 
<laughs> because so my three are Massetti, Chorich, and Fritz. There you go. So I've I um, I was still looking okay. for a dean. I didn't. I actually did it. I did it again, and to be fair, my three are actually outrageously good because it was Sitsipas, and then I found Medvedev and Nadal. Oh, They're for right heaven's next to sake! Each other at the bottom. I've, I've, I'd never. I've just told everybody where to look. <laughs> I've not <laughs> seen any of those, but I was, I was too focused on finding a D, and I think that just that my mind and brain were doing anything but. So, but you can mm. find it on our Twitter. But it does lead us to a D because in the third quarter. Djokovic is in there as the fourth seed. We've got this Rublev team first round, and I know it's still not the team of all, but that's still quite a that's a big hitting first round name wise. Dan Evans, from a British point of view, is in there, he faces Falcundo Bagnis. Nick Kyrgios is in there, who we haven't seen yet because he's pulled out of all his tournaments leading up to Australia. Holger Rune is in there, bringing the attitude. Alex de Menor is in there, and a couple of former semi finalists as Dimitrov takes on. Karatsev, where for you are the worries for the man who we believe will win the Australian Open? Well, um, well, you've got to say Kyrgios, really, haven't you? But I still go back to what I said after Wimbledon. Maybe it was because it was a final. You know, Nick being more focused does take away somewhat of his edge. And now, look, just look at his prize money earnings. That's obviously no bad thing. But when it comes to playing against a Djokovic, it is a bad thing. So that specific match, you sort of want Nick to go back to his old ways, you know, because that's the only way to beat Djokovic. You can't, Kyrgios can't beat him just on tennis. Like he, he, he just, he can't. Djokovic is too solid. We saw that at Wimbledon. Um, I know that Kyrgios is a phenomenal player, huge talent. And I, you know, massive fan of his. He's got the best serve on tour for my money, to be honest. And, you know, I get it, but... I just think that we need the Kyrgios antics. If he were to get to that round and play against Djokovic, he's got to bring it all, all the tricks. Because he's good at beating Djokovic. He knows how to do it. But the way he's always done it is to be Nick Kyrgios and not be sort of a solid professional player. Because who's the best solid professional player by a country mile? It's Novak Djokovic. So that's a threat. You've got Karenia Busta, a couple of others lurking. But uh, yeah, Djokovic will be coming through. (laughs) I love the way you always get cranio oh, booster yeah. into a conversation. <laughs> it's like it's like I always get Rublev into a conversation yeah. <laughs> in the third quarter. But I, I think Kyrgios, I think he will bring it because I think there's the added spice of of playing at home yeah. and being Australia and everything that comes with it. Not everyone loves him in Australia. There are the ones that don't. There are the ones that do. He hasn't played so far. Is that because he's feeling the pressure of playing at home? Is it not? Does he feel he can just walk into Melbourne Park and win it? I don't know. But there is the two curious and despite the fact he and Djokovic are now like best mates, great friends, I still think because of where it is, I think we'll still get, I think Wimbledon's different. I think, it, I, I just think, I think, yeah, we will still get the old Kyrgios at Melbourne, but I'm convinced we'll get the old Kyrgios at Melbourne Park, which as you say, is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I think in terms of that is first few rounds it's possibly um a bad thing we want him to be sort of settled and focused and not go out but I think the difference will be that he'll be playing Djokovic not in a final that's the difference it was the final element of it is uh yeah just just adds a bit too much yes fourth quarter fourth quarter we have Casper Ruud the second seed we've got Taylor Fritz in there at eight one of the many I found in the word search Sasha Zverev just good to see him back we don't know what's where we'll get but he's still on that road back Kokonakis is in there I've uh, got a bit of Bublik and Davidovich Fakina Tommy Paul and then I think they 
it's a shocker for Murray, but I think they both both must have gone really when Andy Murray was drawn against Matteo Berrettini. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? It's it's just tough. Um, tough for Berrettini. I mean, it's tough for both. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. It's um, yeah. It, you know, Murray pushed him at the U.S. Open. He really did. It was a good match. Um, so I mean, I expect Berrettini to be able to come through that. Um, but you, you never know. I mean, Murray will make it tricky. I find this a really intriguing section. Obviously, I said that the match to watch is Nadal and Draper as the first round. Another first round to watch is Davidovich, Fikina yep. and Bublik. Mm-hmm. How much fun that's going to be. We all know that ADF is probably yeah. my favourite player yeah, right now. Um, <laughs> he's going to hit the deck. Bublik's going to be doing all sorts. Everybody's going to be having a great time. So I hope that's on a court with real atmosphere because uh, the crowd are going to absolutely love it. In terms of proper threats, and that you may see that there's a bit of implication that I don't put either of them as a proper threat, <laughs> just as a really fun match that I want to watch. Um, <laughs> it's difficult, I think, for Rude, you know, possibly playing Brooksby in the second round. That's tough going. Tommy Paul lurking as well, been playing so well. I know you've listed a lot of these players. Bautista Agut, incredibly experienced uh, in there. Um, and then, yeah, of course, yeah. you've got Berrettini. And Murray as well. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, you've got Fritz at the top of the section. And uh, who else am I missing? Zverev. Uh, be nice to see uh, how he's going to be able to play. But I wouldn't put him as a, a huge threat. That would be quite surprising just based on the amount of tennis he's played. Um, so, yeah, I think this could be a tricky one for Rude to negotiate. We know he's going to produce. You know he's going to play well. Um, but, yeah, a couple of Americans in there with um, three Americans with Paul Brooksby and Fritz, I think, yeah, you could, de- you, de- you could definitely see one of them uh, coming through. Can't wait for it to get started now. We know that the, the glaring admissions are Simona Halep because she is suspended from the sport. Carlos Alcaraz, who unfortunately got an injury and is not able to take part. And then someone we discussed on last week's pod, we didn't know the reasons why. We didn't know at this point that she was 100% not going to be there is Naomi Osaka. I mean, that was, you actually, I remember getting a message from you and it said, Osaka's pregnant. And I think I was probably doing about 10 things. I was like, sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was like, so what, what? And, and there was the announcement. That is the reason why there will be no tennis for Naomi Osaka in 2023. Well, that was not what we expected, was it really? No. Um, but fabulous news. Congratulations to her. Um, and yeah, and we also got the announcement that Barty's pregnant as well. So, um, and Barty's not on tour. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it? When you look at the um, people have been putting out the list of like sort of the most recent champions in Oz and how um, how they're doing. A lot of them are um, pregnant or have had babies or have not had or are off or for whatever reason. And um, yeah, I mean... Great for her, but we're not going to see her at all this season. Um, she said that she's going to come back in 2024. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, what, what's your gut feeling at this stage? And look, I, I, I remember even from a work point of view, when I was offered work when I was pregnant, and I knew I was having the twins, I remember saying at the time, 
I can't commit because I don't know how I'll feel. You know, you don't know how you're going to feel when you've had the children. Are they going to be okay? You know, there's so many factors to consider. So I remember, because I'm freelance at the time, saying, well, I can't really make a decision until I've had them. So it might seem a question that can't be answered because there's a lot she'll be going through, emotions, life-changing, etc. But if everything were to go fine and to plan, and we hope it does, do you see her coming back to tennis? Do you see there being a reason why she would want to return to tennis? Well, she'd have to want to. She'd have to really want to, but she doesn't need the money. Um, you know, she she's had a huge amount of time off by the time we were to get to January 2024. A huge amount of time off over the past, by that point, four years, really. Um, some enforced by COVID, some um, her choice, and some because she's now pregnant. Um so, you know, really, she would have, have barely barely been playing, barely been competing. So she'd have to really, really want to change her lifestyle again because to live a certain way for four years and to then go, right, you know what I want to do is I want to get back on the road, join the circus again, 35 weeks a year on the road, travelling, you know, jet lag, the works. And is there an obvious reason for her to do that? No, it would. the only reason would be because she wants to. You know, that's it. You know, even somebody like Serena, she's been chasing records, chasing numbers. You can see that there's a motivation, there's a reason there. But the motivation isn't obvious for Osaka, so it would have to come from within. So I'm not sure. And I said actually last week that this might be it in terms of Osaka playing near the top of the game. It might be it. And that was before we knew that she was she was pregnant, that she was going to start a family. So, um, yeah, look, things things change. Look at Ash. She just said, yep, cool, I'm done, thanks, I've earned my money, I've taken my titles and I'm going to go and live my life, have a family and do something different now. But I'm hoping that they are not the words that you are going to be saying to me because you yourself... That I'm off. That you yourself have a little bit of news. Well, yes. <laughs> I'm at a slightly different <laughs> stage. I'm at the end of the uh, pregnancy journey <laughs> for baby <laughs> number two. As you could probably tell over the last few weeks, I've been getting more and more out of breath when it comes to this podcast. <laughs> I'm currently the size of a whale. Um, but yes. <laughs> she's not, everyone. She can see her <laughs> and she's not. But you you are uncomfortable. You're You're ready for this to be done. I'm hoping that you don't have number two, baby fed sister, and then... Or brother and then decide that that's it you want to leave tennis behind you you want to go in a different direction um so I'm hoping that's not going to be the case but as I say we have to, do we have to wait and see or can you promise me now you'll be back can't promise anything we'll have to we'll have to see <laughs> no I'm no I'm very excited uh to uh to meet baby number two so had a boy the first time around and it'll be a girl this time so that'll be very nice um so we're feeling quite smug about it we got the set but we also wanted to um, mention it because if suddenly we plan to do pods through the Australian Open, round up the Australian Open, but if suddenly tennis disappears for a week, a couple of weeks, or I pop up with someone else, that's the reason. We just wanted to let everyone know that we hadn't forgotten that there might be a little interruption due to life events taking place. Yep, it could possibly, well, I say it could possibly happen. It will have to happen at some point. <laughs> so it's- <laughs> It has to happen. <laughs> maybe it will, maybe it won't. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got fingers crossed for it happening fairly soon. But um, that's just me. I have high expectations. And I'm so. hoping it takes a bit longer so we can get yeah. our post-Australian so Australian Open Australian pod in. in. I'm like, exactly. can we just wait till we review the Australian Open? And then you can have a little break. So we just wanted to kind of, yeah, let everyone know if, if there is a slight pause. So this could possibly 
be the final words you utter on the podcast for a bit, or maybe not, your predictions for Australian Open 2023, please. Oh, do you know what? I completely stopped thinking about this. <laughs> um, I'm I'm going to back Shontek for the women. Just am. Um, yeah, I just am. Um, I know yep. it's, it's possibly dull. I think I, I see a potential banana skin with Coco Goff. Yep. Maybe a Pagula. Ooh, but yep. you know that's that's sort of how I'm how I'm feeling at the moment, and yeah, oh, it's just so dull, isn't it? Because Djokovic is going to win. Um, <laughs> so I'll say that Djokovic will win, yep. but uh, really interested to see how Felix goes. Okay, all right, it's, like it's going to be my my one eye on your 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 one eye on. Okay, oh, I hadn't thought of a, a one eye on elsewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, Djokovic. I'm I, I I don't want to say I'd stake my family on it because that's 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 quite something, isn't it? And then if suddenly something goes wrong, that's that's a big claim to make. So I will I will go Djokovic. I always keep an eye on Rublev, but he's in the Djokovic section, so that doesn't help him a lot. And I'd like to see how Korda does in that top section where there is that Korda-Medvedev match, if that comes to pass. I think that would be an exciting one. And I think Norrie. I think Norrie has got a really good chance. You know what I'm like. I start naming everyone, so I'm going to stop now. Um, so Djokovic wins the men's. And for the women's, I think I've done this before, haven't I? Uh, Sabalenka. <laughs> I've definitely oh, nice. done this. I've definitely it's got to happen it. sometime, hasn't it? Surely yeah, it has but, to happen. But she's in the Jabur section and I love Jabur on Jabur. I love Sabalenka. So I'd love that to be a final. It can't be. And I feel, what am I doing? But I'm, uh, Sviantek, She she's still the powerhouse. She's still the one to beat. She's 6,000 points clear. She played stunning tennis last year. I'm not really basing on the Pagula loss. I just, maybe I'm just going elsewhere to be different, but... I'm going to, I think Goff, I really think this is Goff's year. I think she's going to win one this year. So I'm going to put the final, it's going to be Goff. Goff against Sabalenka, that sounds a bit random. Um, Goff against Sabalenka slash Jabur. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, well, I can get behind Goff, that's for sure. I'm not sure on Sabs. Do you ever get straightforward predictions from me? No, is the answer. No. So you're saying um, Goff's going to win? Or Sabalenka's going to win? Slash Jabur or Sabalenka. <laughs> All right, okay. Just, <laughs> this game is descending. Just because we're always so wrong, we now just... Oh, what's we're the always... Point? I've and just you know gone for and Djokovic, and I'll probably still end up being wrong. No, I think Djokovic... Surely you're going to be right on the Djokovic. I mean, for heaven's sake, I've, I've put my family on this. Wow. Um, but that's... Yeah, and, and look, hopefully we'll be, we'll be back with everyone next week. Well, you hope not, in a sense, because the time has come. But in terms of the next couple of weeks, we'll have to, we'll have to play it by ear, but... One of us will definitely be keeping an eye on, and I'm I'm working on it, so I'll be following everything. And as I say, if, if you're not, you there's a very good reason why you might be distracted and elsewhere. So look, we're going to speak. We do speak most of the time anyway. But just on behalf of the tennis family, good luck with it all. And uh, we might speak in a professional capacity in a week, or we might not. Yeah, I think maybe yeah. we'll see. Okay. Hopefully she comes, and then I'll be up all night anyway. So I just watch the tennis. Oh, true. Then you'll be like, yeah, I fancy recording a podcast. I'll be like, okay. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think everyone just wishes you the best of luck with it all. All our predictions will largely be wrong. And hopefully we speak again very soon. Yes, can't wait. (laughs) Bye. Bye.